Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. My name is Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you will dial 702-650-5588 to join in on our discussion today. Again, that number would be 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, I encourage you to dial 800-366-8883. Again, that number would be 800-366-8883. Um, our show is being streamed from KKVV's website. That's 1060 AM and 100.1 FM, www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. Pastor Terry and I are just waving to you. And we're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And that website is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our <clears throat> excuse me, previous broadcasts, go to our website. Again, www.savethelostlv.org. Uh, look for, um, you know, weekly broadcast archives on a heading. Click onto it. You'll see any of our previous broadcasts. And the gospel is always free on our watch. We have a lot of resources there, too. Health, wellness, and recovery resources. Um, you know, Bible study resources, local resources. There are a ton of free or little to no cost resources. We encourage you to visit the website. Also, if you have an iPhone um, or iPhone device, then um, Apple device, which we would also like to include, we are being archived on iTunes. So, again, check us out. The gospel is free on our watch. If you have a cell phone, and most of us do, I really encourage you to put this number in, 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. You can listen to KKVV uh, 100.1 FM or 1060 AM anytime by dialing that number. You can listen to us now, and it's great. It works in the United States only. Pastor, I need you to pray for uh, Pastor Kirk Lewis's uh, stepdaughter, Siobhan. Uh, Lady Michelle is in town. She's had a surgery. She's had several surgeries. Um, she is on the mend, but you know a lot of times after you've had surgery, you feel like a Mack truck has hit you. Mm, amen, amen. So, uh, Siobhan, we'd like you to pray for her before we get into our topic. And the man in the middle is uh, Pastor Terry. Some say Pastor T, but he's always Pastor Terry to me. How are you, man of God? I'm blessed. Great. God woke me up today. And, amen. You know, the way I see it is... When God wakes me up, it's a good day. Whatever I'm dealing with, I'll face that. But 
God woke me up and that is the beginning and the greatest hurdle that I have to leap on any day. Praise God. Is to wake up. So I'm actually sending uh, Lady Michelle the link to listen. Amen. But uh, I think uh, I'm there already. So if you could say a prayer for for the family. Siobhan, it's uh, S-H-A-V-O-N, and then we will get into our topic. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this time and this opportunity to come before you as an intercessor and to lift up the Lewis family. And, Father, specifically Siobhan, Lord, we realize that she's had work done on her by medical staff, that there were surgeons and people used instruments to perform different procedures on her. And, Lord, we realize that she is now in the process of recovering from those procedures and uh, healing up. We realize that doctors have medicine and they have technology, but you are the master healer. We're praying you would restore the health, you would raise her up, and that, Lord, she would experience maximum healing. And then, Lord, we want to pray for those, Father, over the past week who have experienced uh, traumatic and detrimental situations in in, in their lives, and some have lost their lives. We pray for those families, Father, uh, for uh, those who were shot in the synagogue and uh, th- those family members who were left with the carnage of trying to gather themselves and uh, to lay to rest their loved ones. Father, we lift them up. And, uh, Lord, we pray for there's probably something that's happened that we haven't even gotten wind of because we realize around the world that there's chaos going on minute by minute. And, Lord, we just lift up this world, Father. We lift up the world leaders. And, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus. They need Jesus. And some of them don't even know it. Some of them have been introduced to Jesus and they rejected him. But, Lord, we pray that we know the only peace that will come has to come by way of Jesus Christ. And so we lift the world up and we pray and we ask, Father, that you intervene in all of these circumstances going on around the world, specifically in our nation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. Uh, the Greek word today is polis, P-L-I-S, and um, it just means city or community, and that's the word that we get politics from. Mm-hmm. So, Pastor, uh, we're going to talk about uh, politics, Amen. and to the reference, is, bo- is voting biblical? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be uh, the discussion that we'll be having today uh, is uh, voting biblical. So, again, we're talking about communities. We're talking about cities. So there's some news articles that I'd like to uh, bring to the listeners' attention. Amen. And I went uh, to make sure that they were from nonpartisan news sites. You know what I mean? The Amen. thing is, is that I don't want them leaning left or right or any right, side. Right. People just need to get good information. So I thought that uh, it was important that we lay out some things because we've had 72 uh, hours of pure carnage. Mayhem. Mayhem. You know, murder. Uh, just... Uh, Right here, homegrown. Amen. So I want to be able to uh, open up the listeners' minds and hearts and uh, listen to some things because I don't know everyone's news source, but they may not have been getting uh, a good news source. So I just want to make sure that I'm mindful of that. 
So the first thing that happened was on October the 26th. And this uh, title is, For Some Black uh, Louisvans, uh, Kroger Shooter's Motive is Obvious. Now this comes from 98.3 WFPL News. It's an independent nonpartisan news outlet that reports without fear or favor. They are a community supported by a 501c3 and an NPR affiliate, which is part of the Louisville Public Media, which receives more than 90% of its funding from the Louisville area listeners and businesses. I think that's kind of fair and balanced, what you you think. Okay, so let's get to it. Louisville residents are still reeling from the shooting at a Jefferson Town Kroger on Wednesday, which left two people dead. The victims, 69-year-old Maurice Stollard and 67-year-old Vicki Jones, were both African-American. The shooter was a 51-year-old Gregory Bush, who is white. Bush's criminal record dates back to nearly two decades and includes charges of domestic violence, terroristic threatening, menacing, and assault. He also has a history of making racial comments, but officials have not yet determined whether the shooting was officially a hate crime. Even so, some members of Louisville's black community feel strongly that the shooting was racially motivated. Jefferson Town Police say the gunman walked into the Kroger and first shot Stollard, who was reportedly shopping for school supplies with his 12-year-old nephew. Bush then walked outside, shooting and killing Jones in the parking lot. But before Jones, excuse me, but before Bush walked into the Kroger, he tried to get into the predominantly black First Baptist Church nearby. The doors were locked, in part because church administrator Billy Williams increased security there after the 2015 shooting at Historical Black Church in Charleston, South Carolina. That shooting, combined with historical events like the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Alabama, Decades ago, make Williams think race was a factor in the Kroger shooting, too. I quote, I would be totally dishonest with myself if I didn't believe that this was another one of those ongoing instances that the predominantly black church was targeted for some type of action that was not going to be good for the church or this community. End quote, Williams said. Court records and social media posts suggest the shooter had a history of making racist posts and remarks. He had also posted about mental illness, but Kevin Gunn said that doesn't explain the gunman's action. Gunn is the nephew of Vicki Jones, the gunman's second victim. Quote, I don't want to bring race into it, but I have to. End quote, Gunn said. Quote, had this had been a black assailant on a white person, I don't think we wouldn't, excuse me, I don't think we would have been talking about mental illness, end quote. Louisville Urban League President 
Sadiqua Reynolds would agree. Reynolds has been pushing for federal authorities to investigate the incident as a hate crime. On Friday, U.S. Attorney Russell Coleman confirmed that investigation is underway. But Reynolds said the media's focus on mental illness is frustrating. Quote, the ability to humanize white perpetrators is really mind-boggling. And the ability and the inability to do that in any other time, it is just as frustrating as anything can be. End quote, Reynolds said. Quote, we are sick of that and I'm sick of it. End quote. For Billy Williams, the church administrator at First Baptist, the nearby shooting will change things. He's rethinking his church's security and chokes up as he considers whether his staff could have stopped the shooter. Quote, the church has been here 185 years. Billy's just a small time spot on that journey, end quote, Williams said. Quote, but I don't want to leave here saying that I didn't do everything I could to keep people safe, end quote. But he also knows it could be worse. And it could have been worse. Williams said classes and study groups were scheduled the day the shooter tried to enter the church. Later that evening, there were about 70 adults and 30 teens and children congregating at that church. That just gives me chills, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's the first day, Pastor. Now, the second one. Now, bringing about bombs. This is from NPR. Blaming victims for mail bombs carries echoes of civil rights bombings. This appeared in uh, the NPR on October the 27th, and Debbie Elliott uh, submitted this. Before 30, before 30, excuse me, before authorities apprehended suspect Cesar Sigak in connection to the series of mail bombs, the case promoted all sorts of speculation and conspiracy theories. The bombs were all sent to high-level critics of President Trump. Quote, It is a high probability that those whole thing, excuse me, it is a high probability that the whole thing is set up as a false flag to gain sympathy for the Democrats. End quote, says talk radio host Michael Savage. Quote, and to get our minds off the hordes of illegal aliens approaching our southern border. End quote. Quote, Republicans just don't do this kind of thing. Rush hmm. Limbaugh said on his program, quote, remember every mass shooting there is. The Democrats in the media try to make everybody think right off the bat that some Tea Partier did it or some talk radio fan did it or some Fox News viewer did it. Turns out it's never, ever the case. Not one of these bombs went off. And if a Democrat operative purpose here is to make it look like, hey, you know, there are mobs everywhere. The mobs are not just Democratic mobs, end quote. Federal officials have declined to talk about the potential political motivations, but the criminal complaint connects Sayoc with a pro-Trump Twitter account. Photographs of him have begun to surface holding Make America Great Again signs at a political rally. He was arrested in a van covered with anti-CNN images and pro-Trump decals. 
also had high-ranking Democratic figures with targets on them. Oh, yeah, I'm getting to it. In a news conference announcing the arrest, Attorney General Jeff Sessions acknowledged Syak, quote, appeared to be a partisan, end quote. He said a motive will be determined as the case goes forward. The conspiracy theories flying around before the arrest harken back to another era in American history, the 1950s and 60s, when bombs were a tool of political intimidation. During that time, Birmingham, Alabama was known by another name, Bombingham. Jeff Drew grew up on a street called Dynamite Hill, so named because many black families' homes were bombed for moving into the predominantly white neighborhood. Quote, it would push the furniture off the floor and break the windows, end quote, Drew said, quote, and scare us all to death. So terrorism is nothing new to this part of Birmingham, Alabama. We experienced it firsthand, end quote. There were more than three dozen unsolved racially motivated bombings in Birmingham during the civil rights era, mostly houses and churches. A frequent target was the Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth, leader of the Birmingham Civil Rights Movement. And Drew said there was a pattern after the attacks. Authorities included then-Birmingham Police Commissioner Bull Connor would accuse victims of planting the bombs. Quote, that's the most inhumane thing you could think of. End quote, Drew said. Quote, who would bomb their own house? End quote. But the rumor was widely circulated in white circles, said Diane McWerther, who wrote a Pulitzer Prize-winning history of the Birmingham Civil Rights Movement called Carry Me Home. Quote, the understood motive was that blacks were bombing their own churches and buildings in order to raise money and get publicity for the movement, end quote, she said. She said it was repeatedly publicly by politicians, including Alabama's segregationist Governor George Wallace. Other common theories were that the bombings were ordered by Martin Luther King Jr. or were a part of a communist plot or were orchestrated by the FBI. Quote, it was repeated so often, I mean, I grew up hearing it from my own father that, you know, I think they started believing it, end quote, she said. Quote, and part of the reason they were able to believe it was that until the 16th Street Church bombing in September of 1963, where four young girls were murdered, there had been no fatalities, end quote. Even after the deadly Ku Klux Klan attacks, police at first zeroed in on the church's black janitor as a suspect. Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Taylor Branch wrote a trilogy documenting America in the Martin Luther King Jr. years. He said conspiracy theories were rampant across the South and as African Americans pushed for equal rights. Quote, it shows the length that people will go to not to acknowledge something that they don't want to believe, end quote, he said. For instance, what happened in Mississippi during the Freedom Summer in 1964, quote, three of the civil rights workers were kidnapped by a sheriff's posse of Klansmen and murdered, and because the bodies weren't found, Mississippi officials denied that the segregationists could have done this crime. End quote. Branch said, quote, first of all, they said there was a hoax. Senator James Eastland even told that to the president on the phone. End quote. Quote, Jim, they got three kids missing down there. What can I do about it? End quote. President Lyndon Johnson said on a recorded call, quote, I don't know. 
End quote. Eastland replied, quote, I don't believe there's three missing. I believe it's a publicity stunt. End quote. Brandt said polarizing times then and now lead to an ideological climate where conspiracy theories thrive. You hear it today on talk radio, on social media sites, where people have speculated that Democrats are behind the suspicious packages in order to generate sympathy in the upcoming midterm elections. Democratic Senator Doug Jones of Alabama is a former U.S. attorney who prosecuted the Birmingham church bombers. Quote, trying to play this blame game and shifting blame somewhere else is just a low point of where we've gotten into this country and our political conversations, end quote, Jones said. Quote, we are, li- we are living in a time where words matter just like they did back in the 60s, end quote. He said, quote, there were so many things that happened then based on the empowerment that public officials like George Wallace gave. Do people not understand what it takes to kind to kind of tone down the rhetoric to make sure that these things like this don't happen with some deranged fool out there who wants to try to hurt people thinking that he's got the okay to do it in quote Jones said he is confident law enforcement will find the truth behind the mail bombs well Caesar Syak was arrested on Friday October the 26th and uh, he sent IEDs, which are impoverished explosive devices, and through Florida, New York, Washington, D.C., California, Delaware, and New Jersey. He's actually uh, from Aventura, Florida. His targets were former President Obama, former First Lady and Madam Secretary Hillary Clinton, former Vice President Joe Biden, former Attorney General Eric Holder, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Senator Cory Booker, Senator Kamala Harris, former CIA Director John Brennan, former National Intelligence Director James Clapper, George Soros, who was Jewish, a philanthropist and a billionaire, actor and Academy Award winner Robert De Niro, and former Congressman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's also Jewish. I have one more to read, but Pastor, that's the second one in a 72-hour period. Amen. So this one comes from the Washington Post, and it says uh, it was uh, published today. I just want to kill Jews. Documents detail the Pittsburgh synagogue massacre and name the dead. Authorities have named the 11 people killed Saturday when a man armed with three pistols and a semi-automatic assault-style rifle attacked the synagogue in Pittsburgh, the deadliest attack on Jews in the history of the United States. The dead include a 97-year-old woman, a husband and wife, and two brothers, all of whom were at services inside the Tree of Life Synagogue, where Robert Bowers allegedly burst in through an open door, screaming anti-Semitic slurs and shooting. The 46-year-old Pittsburgh resident is also accused of wounding six other people, including three police officers shot during a firefight and faces a raft of assault, homicide, and hate crime charges. Quote, they're committing genocide to my people, end quote. 
The suspect told a SWAT officer after being shot and captured according to a federal crime complaint released Sunday, I want to kill Jews. And that's what I'm going to leave it there. But I do want to say who uh, the dead were, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Um, quote, this is the most horrific crime scene I've seen in 22 years with the Federal Bureau investigation, end quote, said Robert Jones, the FBI special agent in charge of the case. Among the eight men and three women killed were Rose Malinger, a 97-year-old resident of the predominantly Jewish neighborhood, Cecil and David Rosenthal, two brothers in their 50s and the youngest of the victims, and Bernice Simon and husband Sylvain, both in their 80s, also killed were Joyce Feinberg, 75, Richard Gottfried, 65, Jerry Rabinowitz, 66, Daniel Steen, 71, Melvin Wax, 88, and Irving Younger, 69. Two other worshipers were wounded in the initial shooting rampage, which might have lasted about 15 minutes. Two police officers arrived 10 minutes after the shooting and started and stopped the gunman near the synagogue's entrance. So, Pastor, uh, I'm going to stop there. I think I've got people up to date. And uh, that's 72 hours in America. Well, what I would like to say to all of the listeners is it it does not matter when it comes to ethnic background or nationality, anybody, black or white, who suggests or advocates violence, and especially to the degree they go into places of worship and just kill up innocent people, that that is unacceptable. And if you want to know what evil, the definition of evil is, that is, I believe, the most candid definition of evil that you can draw a conclusion on is someone who it is contempt and despise for God. Amen. Anyone who would perpetrate that type of an act, and all three of those things, of course, I believe fall within that category. And I, I believe that there is a time in this nation when you have individuals who are claiming to be evangelical. You know, that, that word now is just uh, uh, jargon. It it really means little or nothing because you have individuals who are claiming to be God people but advocating, suggesting and advocating godless actions. And so I want to share... And it doesn't matter what side it comes from. No, no, no. It, It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican or white or black. I mean, anybody who is suggesting or advocating violence or suggesting that you need to be... Uh, confrontational and to the degree to where you don't just cause injury to people but you're actually taking lives and then you're taking lives of people who haven't done anything wrong to you or anybody you love 
uh, that's just absolutely godless. And you know, and you know what, Pastor? If we go back to uh, Genesis one one, I think it's important that uh, we read that. And uh, let me get there. I know you're probably there, but I, I think we need to just uh, interject that because I I need to read that. I'm in the New King James Version. And Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Pastor, I didn't see your name there. That's right. I didn't see my name there. Right. I didn't see any human being's name there. If I read it correctly, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if people really understand that. So what does that mean, Pastor? God created. We cannot take credit for something we didn't create. A lot of people are playing God. No, they're trying to. They're not playing God. They're trying to play God. I receive that. I stand corrected. If people really understood what Genesis 1-1 is really saying. Okay. First of all, when it says in the beginning, they're individuals who, because they aren't really sitting under anybody who's teaching and and, and the ones that are, some of the people they're sitting under, they don't have formal training and they don't really understand that. Well, when you see in the beginning, mm-hmm. that's not talking about God's beginning. God is infinite. That which okay. means he has no beginning or end. Right. Okay. But w- watch this. I'm watching. When it says in the beginning, God, many of them don't understand the difference between the context of God... And the name God being I know where used. You go, I know where you're going with this. In one place and it being used in another place. Right. So the, the name God there in Genesis 1-1 is Elohim. Which is plural. Which is plural. Right. So now that sets us up for the Godhead. Now some people want to use the term Trinity, which uh, I don't really jump on anybody for using the term Trinity, but we know it's not in the Bible. But the term Godhead is in the Bible. And then... Just to solidify. So so what does the Godhead mean? Elohim means. That's a Hebrew word, correct? Yes. So tell us what that means. Well, because it's it's a reference to while we serve a monotheistic God, which means God is one, there's three persons. Amen. And then if anybody questioned that, all they got to do is go over to, you know, verse 26, Mm -hmm. where it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image well god is not a lunatic he wouldn't speak in the second person if there wasn't somebody else there amen so elohim the godhead is god the father god, god the son, son and god, and god the, the holy, holy spirit, spirit. and then a we, lot of people then we jump down to verse 26 well no yeah we we do okay to, to just solidify that right. uh position mm-hmm. and uh that conclusion mm-hmm. of what god's name there means in the plural I receive and that. then if we go back to verse 1 where it says created, mm-hmm. the term created there is the term ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. So there wasn't anything, no material, nothing to work with, no neutrons or no atoms or or, or any of that so stuff. So it wasn't happenstance. Is no, that what you're telling no, me? No, no. See, uh, the, the the Darwin theorist, uh, the, the Big Bang theorist, 
the evolution theorists, well, this blows their theory out of the water because it says God created everything out of nothing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing because God made everything, even any substance that we could uh, see with our eyes today or, or touch with our hands or even imagine God made it because there was nothing, nothing existed. Okay, so that just solidifies the fact what you, the statement you made that it said God created and we didn't. God is the superior being. We're not. He is number one rank. We're not. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so we have individuals who want to try to play God. And then they're suggesting that people do things that are godless. And it doesn't matter whether it is a white person or a black person. does not matter if it's the White House or the outhouse. Okay? Any type of attitude, behavior, suggestion, or advocation that we ought to do something that's going to be harmful to another person, really violate scripture, and you can't call yourself an evangelical if you're trying to prove to people that you are a God person, if that is the message that you're sending out, if that's the attitude you're portraying, uh, especially before the world, if you own TV or if you are sending out messages by social media, and your message is one of violence, it is not godly, it is godless. I wanted to read from Mm -hmm. Philippians chapter 2. Well, I wanted the people to know that it's coming to churches now. Well, it... It didn't just start, but no. That's why I wanted to go. But it's more rapid. That's why I wanted to go back to the fifties and the sixties. It's so more rapid. We've seen this before. Amen. It's Amen. Com- in America, Amen. So I'm saying it's coming. So here it says in Philippians chapter two. I'm gonna start with verse one and read down. Philippians chapter two and verse one. Read. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ. If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican, independent or otherwise. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. And that's one thing we can clearly see. That hasn't happened since this new administration's been in office. That has not been the outcome. That has not been the strategy. That's not been the message. Let me read a little further. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, 
which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, anybody who say that they're for the people, anybody who say, uh, I want to make America great, I love America, America consists of all different ethnic groups, cultures. Now, can we agree there's only, there's only one race, it's the human race? That's right. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. So they're not races, it's the human race, and we have different ethnicities. Can we agree on that? That's right. All right. That's right. But because that, when that, word, dealing, get, that word gets people messed up, Pastor. But when we're dealing with the mindset that has led to all this violence and all of the things that we see happening right now, then that isn't the concept that the average person has. That it's not about the human race. No, it's all about color and it's all about each group's motives um, and their plan or their party or the actions that they will take to position themselves over somebody else, it's almost like, you know, one-upping the other group. And this right here talked about equality, Amen. which is something we know has been missing since this nation was formed. And it talked about being uh, of the same mind, on one accord and, 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 and one mind. That's not happening. You know, we can go to the polls and cast our vote for those who prefer to vote Republican, they can vote Republican. Those who prefer to vote Democrat, they can vote Democrat. But when the chips are down, and we all call ourselves Americans, and then those of us who call ourselves evangelicals, seem to me like there ought to be some characteristics that line up with the word of God if we're God people. Well, the thing is, is that Jesus, one of his names was known as the good rabbi. He taught in the synagogues, man of God. Amen. So, hypothetically, if Jesus was walking the earth today in a fleshly body, it's a good possibility in my opinion, he could be at a synagogue. He could be teaching. Amen. And that that happened in Pittsburgh and has happened in several places in these United States. Amen. He could have been killed. Amen. But we know that he's God wrapped in flesh. So he, he, he can raise himself up. But pastor, that would be a place where he would be. Well, yeah. And, and I wouldn't. 
isolated just to the synagogue because we know no. that Jesus is not just the Christ of Jews. He's the Christ of everybody. Right, but I'm just saying his origin. And not all Jews have really received him except for those who are Messianic Jews. I mean, well, we well, have... Well, we, Paul talks about what it is to be Jewish. Right. And he says that, you know, the circumcision happens in the heart. Right. I mean, if we're going to, you know... Give them, give them, give them the, 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 the book and chapter. Okay, uh... I, I, I will, and I'll give that to him, but I want to um, go to uh, Jeremiah, and I want to go to Jeremiah 25, 8, and 9. Because, see, God can use uh, good governments or bad governments to accomplish his will. Amen. Uh, uh, Babylon and Assyria took uh, God's people in captivity to uh, chastise them. Mm-hmm. So... He he can have things done. So we're in Jeremiah chapter 25. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. And, and that's, that was Romans chapter 2 uh, for anybody who want to read that uh, who's a Jew. Right. So, um, again, Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. And the word of God says this, verse 8. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, 9. Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, will bring them against this land, mm-hmm. against its inhabitants, against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment, a hissing and perpetual desolations. He called Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. the king of Babylon. It says, my servant, yes. with a capital M. Right, right, right. Well, Pastor, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit. Well, we know that God, you know, um, in the Old Testament times, did use uh, those who were really his enemies. Mm -hmm. They were godless people, and they hated God's people. And he would use them, and he used them often mm-hmm. to discipline his his own people. Uh, but what I don't want the audience, the listening audience, to get confused about is that God does not perpetrate evil. No. But by his permissive will. We know that there's, there's God's sovereign will. Uh, we know that uh, there's God's uh, intentional will. And, and we know that, uh, that there's God's permissive will where he permits or allows things to happen. Mm-hmm. But he's doing that because that is to really force a greater end. And so that. what happened with Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. uh, for example, when he threw the three Hebrew boys into the furnace. Yes. Well, when Nebuchadnezzar... Uh, witnessed a, a fourth person in the uh, furnace, he realized that the fourth person was a God the Son. And so as a result of that, Nebuchadnezzar ended up becoming a believer. Amen. But he did use Nebuchadnezzar. As a matter of fact, it was Nebuchadnezzar who sent the Chaldeans into Jerusalem mm-hmm. to uh, besiege the people and take out 
the nobility and those those are the folks that were well off and that was when daniel and his companions sure. and and those families were exiled mm-hmm. out of jerusalem and of course temple was raided it was burnt to the ground and the entire city was burnt to the ground well when we uh look at daniel chapter 2 537 uh, 538 bc right chapter 2 um the king needs to know what his dreams mean and uh daniel is able to tell him what they mean and in part of that, I think around verse 21 or 22, um, it talks about him raising up kings and removing kings. Amen. God does Amen. that for his purpose. Amen. And so, so that would be also something that we could attribute to those who are placed in leadership right. in our time. Amen. Okay. In, in this contemporary time, sure. those who are political figures and who are high-ranking officials right? As, as well. So we have a call, so we want to bring the caller on. Good afternoon. Thank you for waiting. You're on Save the Loss at All Costs, and God bless you. Hey, Slim, guys. How are you? We're doing wonderful. How are you, woman of God? I'm greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, and Yahweh still reigns on this beautiful Sunday. Yes, he does. So. Amen. Amen. So I, just, I, just want, I just want to throw out a comment, because, you know, most people, they, they'll say the Jews and this and uh, but they forget Israel Israel also is a people and if you go to the old covenant it often makes reference to the children of Israel and not just the Jews the Jews only became Jews after the they were dispersed you know in the exile you know from Babylon amen and the other key thing is is that the worst anti-semitism like you were saying Pastor Terry whether you have nothing to do with the color of your skin and and your your identity as a person as much as you know the key thing is to deny the one the very son of yah that's the word amen anti-Semitism, amen like sister nina was saying that's amen that's the worst is to deny the son because even the messiah himself rebuked the pharisees right who came at him saying that oh we're seed of abraham he said mm-hmm. no you're your seed of your son you're the son of the devil and you're, the work you would do like you were saying about anger and hatred and mm-hmm. and, and murder Right. It's that spirit of Cain. Amen. You have a spirit Amen. of Cain, you have the spirit of Seth and Abel. That That's what we're dealing with. And mm-hmm. just to be encouraged to let the people not have nothing to do with color. It's battle going on now between righteousness and wickedness. Right. Good and and also, sis, it's t- the prophecies have to be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. Th- this, we're living in perilous times. Mm-hmm. These prophecies have to be fulfilled before the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Every prophecy must come to pass. So a lot of this has to happen. It's already uh, foretold. Mm -hmm. And also he said the key thing too. Remember, the Almighty said himself, all the nations are going to worship him. Mm -hmm. And he said the nations. He said the ones that that deny him, they're going to be destroyed, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. So all I want to encourage the brethren is to keep holding on and keep looking up because the Messiah is coming. Yes, yes he is. Amen. Amen. I received that, and thank you for saying that, and I never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> so you can put that on repeat all Hallelujah. the time. <laughs> I love you, sis, and please you kiss too. your mother for me. Yes, ma'am, and keep on, you guys keep up the good work. Keep proclaiming the truth. Amen. And hold to the truth. Amen. 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 Thank you, sister. Amen. All right, bye-bye. We love you. So we heard a little bit of dispensationalism there, yes. and also uh, the, um, um, help me, Holy Spirit, uh, when we talk about uh, end times, mm-hmm. um, uh, it'll es- come to eschatology. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so, so you taught had, me a few things, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, we had we had we had a mixture there of dispensationalism and eschatology. So, right. hey, and that was good. Amen. But you know, when Jesus uh, was crucified, 
what they had above his head was he was killed because he was king of the Jews. Yeah, right. Well, and that was, well, the truth is, is he was king of everybody. Amen. But, but that was what they, they decided that that's what he was. Uh, his alleged crime. Amen. Yeah. But we thank God right. for that because the work was completed. Right. And sub and subsequently, we have a king that died that's not dead. Amen. Amen. And, I'm, and I'm appreciative of that, un, Pastor. Un, unlike unlike popular opinion, a lot of people think that he's only Lord over the people who want him to be. But mm -hmm. you know, there's a time coming that uh, it says that every knee in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth shall bow and every tongue Welcome, shall confess, confess that he is Lord. Lord. So he's not just Lord over those who want him to be. He's Lord mm -hmm. over everybody, whether they want him to be or not. So I want us to go to Acts, Pastor. And I would like us to look at verses 27 and 28. So that's Acts 4. What? I apologize. Okay. Acts 4. Why don't we start at uh, verse 12? All right. Uh, there's a reason for that. All right. Well, you got a lot of reading to do. We got the last five minutes, so we'll get to it. Okay. Well, we don't have to read all of that. Okay. But I'm just saying, let's throw uh, 12 in there. Okay. And then we can skip down to those uh, verses. All right. So Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and the word of God says this, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's for all those folks out there who say whatever religion that somebody is a part of, that they're all serving one God. Mm -hmm. Well, right here, it is clear that there's only one who offers salvation and only one by which salvation comes. Amen. So we're going to go down to verses 27 and 28. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Amen. Verse 27, For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, 28, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determine before it will be not be done. Verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. 30. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together, was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Where are we, Pastor? Are we speaking with boldness? Well, I, I, I believe that there's a whole lot of speaking with boldness going on, but it's not concerning the Scripture. Wow. It's not concerning the principles of, of if you want to talk about, uh, Christianity, or you want to talk about being a believer, there's been a whole lot of ministers who have frequent the White House and visit for different reasons and had meetings and everything else, but there's not a lot of word going out. There's not a lot of what we've just read going out. When I've read Philippians chapter 2, we, we're not seeing so, that. So there's a lot of thoughts and prayers, but not boldness. These people were praying for boldness to proclaim the word of God. And see, one thing about the God that we serve, Pastor, he's an intentional God. If he speaks, something is going to happen. We have that power too. Well, amen. We see 
I mean, a, a so plethora the, of, of of events that God just spoke. I think, and uh, and and the event came to pass. So, so if it's in our power to do something, Pastor, we should be doing it. Yeah, well, and, I mean, and, and and that's what we should be doing now. What what's being left out is in the name of, of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. We got a, a one or a couple of more minutes. I want to go to Romans thirteen and read four verses. I want to start in. Verse 1 and go down to verse 4, Romans 13, verses 1 through 4. Verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Mm-hmm. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. 3, for the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same for. For he is God's ministers to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. So if that person is the one perpetrating evil, then you know what? They are also in a really bad position. And it says, five, therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Six, for because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. And then it says, seven, render to therefore all their due taxes, to whom taxes are due, customs to who customs fear, for whom fear honor, to whom honor. That's it, Pastor. So to me, voting is biblical. Amen. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons and you are bold with God and working for him, you need not fear anything. We love you. God bless you and save the lost at all costs. Amen. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit field, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.